It's Tuesday, July 23rd. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. First, the UK has a new prime minister, and he has a pretty long to-do list. We'll connect the dots on what's in store for Boris Johnson when he starts tomorrow. Then, the Trump administration is proposing a new rule that could cause over 3 million people to lose their food stamp benefits. We'll give you the details. And finally, the WWE has a new champion, and she's making history. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about Boris Johnson, the next prime minister of the United Kingdom. He was declared the winner earlier today after his party voted on who should get the job. This comes just two months after Theresa May announced she would be stepping down from her post. Johnson takes over 10 Downing Street tomorrow. But when he moves in, he won't have much time to settle in and arrange the furniture. Here he is in his first speech after the vote was announced. I read in my Financial Times this morning that there are no incoming leader. No incoming leader has ever faced such a daunting set of circumstances, it said. So today, we're going to get into the three big issues on Johnson's plate. Brexit, Iran, and the UK's relationship with the US. First up, Brexit. That's the British exit from the European Union. Back during the 2016 campaign for Brexit, Johnson was one of the faces of the Leave campaign, meaning he wanted to leave the EU. And then voters actually went that way. The Prime Minister at the time, David Cameron, stepped down, and Johnson was a favorite to take his place. But then May won, a fellow conservative who was pro-Remain. For the last three years, Johnson has been a bit of a thorn in May's side, first as Britain's Foreign Secretary, then, after he resigned, as a member of the peanut gallery. Meanwhile, May's been negotiating with the EU over the terms of the UK's departure, trying to decide how trade, travel visas, and border issues will work. And when she tried to bring that deal back to the UK Parliament, Johnson was part of the group that kept shooting it down. Here he is in January during an interview with LBC, a radio program in the UK. I think that people will feel uh, betrayed and I think they will feel that there's been a great conspiracy by, you know, the the deep state of the UK, the the people who really run the, uh, the country. May's deals never made it through the finish line, and the UK missed deadline after deadline. The EU gave into extension requests, but now there's a final deadline looming. October 31st, Halloween. And Johnson says he's prepared to have the UK leave the EU that day, whether they have a deal or not. Analysts warn that leaving the EU without a deal will plunge the UK into a recession. The British pound has been losing value recently and reached a two-year low last week. The pound's value rose a little bit today after Johnson won, and then went down again. So that's the first thing Johnson has to deal with. The second, Iran. Tensions have been escalating between the UK and Iran recently. On the one hand, Iran has spent the last two months threatening to pull out of the 2015 nuclear deal, after the US pulled out last year. And even though the UK is literally on its way out of the EU, they've still been working with the rest of the union to keep Iran in the deal to continue keeping an eye on Iran's nuclear program. If Iran keeps pulling out of the deal, they'll get closer to developing a nuclear weapon. On the other hand, there's drama on the high seas. Starting this month when the UK said an Iranian oil tanker in Gibraltar was violating EU sanctions. So they detained it. Then Iran got back at the UK last week by seizing a British oil tanker in the Strait of Hormuz near the Gulf of Oman, through which a fifth of the world's oil passes. 
It's a little tit for tat, but the UK is threatening serious consequences. And yesterday, Johnson's replacement as Foreign Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, announced he's planning to form a European-led security force in the Gulf of Oman to help ships pass through safely. But Boris Johnson hasn't said how he'll handle that yet. Earlier today, Iran's foreign minister extended a small olive branch by congratulating Johnson. Then, a warning. He said Iran doesn't want confrontation, but that they'll protect themselves if necessary. One place where Johnson's hoping to avoid tension? In the special relationship between the UK and the US. This morning, President Trump tweeted his congratulations to the new prime minister, saying, quote, He will be great. Johnson has said he wants to have a strong relationship with the U.S., and there have been reports that he even plans to visit soon. Maintaining that relationship and strong trade deals is a big deal for the U.K., because once the U.K. brexits, they'll have to fend for themselves. So what's the skim? Johnson has a lot on his plate, but he's already said he's ready to face these challenges head-on, even if, as he points out, his to-do list seems daunting. When I look at you this morning and I ask myself, do you look daunted? Do you feel daunted? I don't think, I don't think you look remotely daunted uh, to me. And I think that we know that we can do it and that the people of this country are trusting in us to do it and we know that we will do it. And everyone's getting right to work. The European Parliament's Brexit Committee is going to hold a special meeting tomorrow to discuss how to move forward with the new UK leader. And on Sunday, all the current signatories of the Iran nuclear deal, including the UK, are meeting in Vienna to try to save the deal. Back home, Johnson will also have to sort out his cabinet. The foreign office minister, the finance minister, and the international development minister have all announced they're out. So we don't know what a new Johnson cabinet would look like yet. There are reports that he might require a loyalty pledge, meaning that potential cabinet members would have to support a no-deal Brexit come October 31st. If you want to know how Brexit is going to affect your wallet here in the U.S., we've got a great explainer on our website, theskim.com money. Today, the Trump administration proposed a new rule that would make it harder for some people to qualify for benefits through SNAP, or the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. It's expected to save $2.5 billion a year in the nation's budget, but would potentially cut food benefits for over 3 million people. So what is SNAP? You probably know it as food stamps. It's a federal program under the U.S. Department of Agriculture that helps low-income families put food on the table. Generally, to be eligible, your total household gross income has to be at or below 130% of the poverty line. The Center on Budget and Policy Priorities says that, on average, each person gets about $126 worth of benefits per month. That comes out to about $1.40 per meal, so not exactly fine dining. But it's not the only way that people in need get help. There's another program called TANF, or Temporary Assistance for Needy Families. It's federally funded, but states decide who gets what. It provides cash assistance for some families in poverty. In over 40 states, residents who qualify for TANF automatically qualify for SNAP even though the income threshold for getting TANF benefits can be different than it is for getting SNAP benefits, depending on your state. Republicans say that this creates a loophole so that people with higher incomes are able to qualify for public assistance. This proposal from the Trump administration wants to do away with that automatic qualification. 
And the USDA says they can do this without Congress. They can just write this new rule. One person Republicans like to point to to defend their position here, a guy named Rob Undersander. He told lawmakers in a hearing last month that he was able to collect food stamps despite being a millionaire as an effort to highlight flaws in the system. Democrats said that Undersander basically willfully defrauded the government. And according to a recent report by the Congressional Research Service, SNAP fraud is relatively rare. Here's Lisa Davis from No Kid Hungry, a nonprofit aimed at ending child hunger in the U.S. She testified last month before a House committee, and she said this loophole Republicans are worried about, called broad-based categorical eligibility, is helping bring people out of poverty. Broad-based categorical eligibility is working exactly as intended. It encourages and supports work, and it helps low-income families build financial stability and move towards self-sufficiency. These are goals that we should all support. Around 40 million people receive SNAP benefits. That's about 12% of the population. But SNAP isn't a fix-all. Like we said, the average benefit per person is less than $2 per meal. A number of studies have come out in recent years saying SNAP benefits are insufficient for a healthy diet. The proposed rule is currently open for public comment for the next 60 days. After that, it could take effect at any time. You might have heard that there's a gender gap in the U.S. military, and that extends to military academies. According to the Associated Press, less than 30% of students at West Point, the Naval Academy, and the Air Force Academy are women. Turns out, that number might be slowly changing. According to a new report released today, the number of women being nominated to go to those academies is going up. And yes, we did say nominated. The report says most applicants need a U.S. senator or member of Congress to recommend them as part of the process. Some of the lawmakers making the top of that nominating list in the House of Representatives is Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick from Pennsylvania and Greg Gianforte from Montana. In the Senate, it's Senators Cory Booker from New Jersey and Maisie Hirono from Hawaii. But it's not time to pull out the champagne and celebrate just yet. We have to keep things in perspective. While more women are getting the seal of approval, men are still getting nominated about three times more often. Representatives for lawmakers tell the AP it's because the list of women applying is still small. But a rep from SWAN, the Service Women's Action Network, told AP that lawmakers could be doing more to help recruit qualified female candidates, especially now that more roles within the military are now open to women. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from Inside the Ring. If you feel like you've been wrestling your way through the week, we get you. So does Kelly Kelly. She's a wrestler and former Divas champion. She left the WWE in 2012, which is short for World Wrestling Entertainment. So yeah, it's entertainment, often scripted, but it's also super physical and can be very dangerous. In May, the WWE unveiled the 24-7 Championship in which the winner has to be ready to defend their title at all times, as long as the ref is around. And last night, they invited a bunch of former wrestlers back to the ring, including Kelly Kelly. She became the first female 24-7 wrestling champion after tracking down her opponent backstage and kneeing him where it hurts. Here she is winning the title from the WWE. Come on, ref, let's go. One, two, three, let's go. So here's to you, Kelly Kelly, a woman so great they named her twice. 
And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for listening and make sure you subscribe and leave a review. For more Skim, you can check out our premium content by downloading our app or get our free morning newsletter by subscribing at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.